This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show. What's your name, kid? The Human Spider. The Human Spider, that's it? That's the best you got? Yeah. Oh, that sucks. Stand back. There's a hurricane coming through. Oh, yeah. Hey, 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 what is up, everybody? Welcome to the Marking Out Podcast. Yes, I am finally back. It took me forever and ever and ever. And as right now, I am sitting here uh, re-recording my intro because my intro became so outdated because the news I had on my intro was irrelevant at this point. Uh, Sorry about that. I had some family things going on and I just could not get the edits completed. Um, So yeah, and then... We decided to um, take a bit of a sabbatical from the Indie Alley podcast. Um, the rest of the boys are taking a few weeks off to enjoy the summer, and I'm going to be dropping uh, Marking Out in its place on Sundays so that we continue to put out content for everybody. And so, yeah, so I, I held things up because of that. But we're here. We're finally doing my episode on The Thing. Uh, which has been recorded, ready to go. Like I said, I'm just doing the new intro. Uh, On the news um, front, there's not a lot going on. Um, I had pubbed a Kickstarter, but by the time you get this, the Kickstarter will probably be completed. But that's something I'm going to try to do in the future, is really be on top of these Kickstarters that are wrestling and comic related. So one thing I can promote is... um, a comic that's a real favorite of ours on Indie Alley and is right in the genre that I'm talking about on this show, um, Over the Ropes. It's going to be dropping its trade paperback very soon. And now's your time to pre-order to make sure you get your copy. Over the Ropes was an excellent comic. And, you know, hopefully the trade does really well and we get a second arc. Um, it's Mad Cave, uh, written by a friend of the show, Jay Sandlin. And just check it out. It's perfect. If you're a wrestling fan... It, it hits the mark. It's a rest. It's a comic within the wrestling world, but there's more than just wrestling going on. Is what I'm trying to say. So yeah, let's jump into my podcast about the thing. Should I do it? Should it's clobbering time. It is. <laughs> it's clobbering time. So on last week's episode, I talked about Spider-Man, and Spider-Man, as we talked about his wrestling connection. Is more about his origin, how you know getting into the ring with um, Crusher Hogan led to him becoming Spider-Man. Kind of in different versions, it leads to him, you know, Uncle Ben dying, and and just different things that, that it sets off a chain reaction. And it's just it's it's an origin story. When out with the thing, the thing has storylines involving wrestling. He's actively involved. He is actively a wrestler. He's a member of a federation. Um, the run in um, 1983, the thing from 28 to 36, that's nine issues of him being an active member of the um, Unlimited Wrestling Federation, which is a wrestling federation created by Ed Garner. And we'll get into that a little more when I start going through the comics. But I think it's really cool because the, to me, the thing, he was one of my favorite growing up. 
And it's because he was a fighter, a scrapper. Everything involving the thing was about getting in fights, you know, clobbering time. It's like Hulk Smash, just not as popular as Hulk Smash became. Um, clobbering time was the big thing for me growing up. And I always, you know, gravitated to him because they were simpler comics, to be honest. And you're a kid and you just want to see your superheroes getting in fights. So the thing was always involved in a big fight with someone. So it was always natural for him to be a wrestler or a boxer. That's something I didn't mention as well, maybe last episode, is I'm going to cover all combat sports in this. So there's going to be MMA and there's going to be boxing. And there is a really cool issue of boxing that I'm going to talk about this time because it's one of my favorite comics ever. I, I, I wore that comic to the bone and it had to be thrown in the trash. That's how much I read that comic. So let's get into it really fast. Um, we know who Ben Grimm is, hopefully. He's the thing. He's been a member of the Fantastic Four, an original member, of course. He's been with the Avengers, the West Coast Avengers. And pretty recently in modern times, he's been a member of the Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, he's, you know, Yancey Street, very famously. Like I said, he's a scrapper. He's a very emotional guy, wears his heart on his sleeve. Just a really cool character. I've always loved him. And when he... um was able to branch out and do his, they did his own comic in 1983. It was the thing. Um, it ran for 36 issues, which isn't bad. And he also was a, a major player in a lot of the two-for-ones. So on the Marvel two-in-ones, he, he would show up often and a lot. That was a good way to use him back in the day because he works well off of other characters better than he does alone, I guess, because he plays the straight man a lot to whoever's like picking on him, whether it be, you know, Johnny Storm or or Spider-Man or whoever he, he ends up teaming up with. But so another thing I'm going to hit on these comics is the Grapplers. The Grapplers are a group of women who were wrestlers and became villains and eventually super villains. And they're introduced in Things Comics and they've been around since, you know, early in Things, the Fantastic Four's um, origin. And then they kind of progressed to where the last time they showed up in modern times is an un the Unstoppable Wasp. Uh, they've, they've played a little bit in that one. I'm not going to get into the Unstoppable Wasp, but I'm just going to mention they've been part of that. Also, these comics were a little tougher to find. I did get find most of them on Marvel Unlimited, and I own a bunch of them. But they were a challenge, and it makes me wonder if Marvel has kind of hidden a few of them because... If you're easily offended, they may not be for you. These are not politically correct comics. Um, in the way that I'm going to say this is Ben Grimm uses a lot of terminology that would very much offend a lot of women. He calls them broads and babes and honey and gal. I just, just the way he talks about them, the way he talks about dating and different things. It's not from this era. It's not from the last era. It's from a bygone era. And if you ha are easily um, offended, maybe skip them. So th from a sexist point of view, you could say that he's a bit sexist in this comic. Um, yeah. <laughs> we'll get into that when we get there. But just, just, just a forewarning on that. So the thing, um, number 28 through 36, they dropped in 1983. It was written by Mike Carlin, penciled by Ron Wilson. I didn't put the colorists and the inkers because they change on every single issue. And I know that's not probably cool to do that, but I would be here all day reading off um, inkers and colorists. So let's jump right into number 28. Number 28 starts the whole arc with wrestling. That's the first time. Um, he's on hiatus with a Fantastic Four. 
He's brokenhearted. He's disillusioned. Basically, I think the story is that Alicia Masters is dating Johnny Storm now. So she dumped him for Johnny. It's kind of messed up. So he's just unhappy and he's on his own. He's been a member of this stunt team. He quits that because that's not doing it for him. And he's, he's traveling on the road with this young kid named um, Vance Astrovic, who in some universes of Marvel becomes a uh, major victory. But he's not major victory in this one. So he's just a kid. He does have some telekinesis powers. And he's traveling with a thing. And they're in a hotel. They're commiserate. You know, he's commiserating about, you know, not being happy. What's he going to do? He doesn't like it. And then he ch he's changing the TV channel. And he comes across a wrestling. And he gets really excited. And he talks about how much he loves wrestling. And wrestling's great. And this and that. And then a commercial comes on from Ed Garner. And he's starting a new federation. And the new federation is going to be called Unlimited Class Wrestling Federation. Um, the UCWF, which is the official federation of Marvel Comics, I guess, because it's going to pop up in different people's comics throughout the years. And it's going to be a federation where people have to be almost superhuman. They don't come right out and say they have to be superhuman, but there's tasks that they have to perform, in other words, to pass their tryout. So they have to have powers. So he heads to the tryout in Vegas. He tries out. He obviously makes it. Another interesting thing is they write this comic from a standpoint that these matches are unscripted. These are real fights, in other words. So it's, it's gay fabe all the way. These are real fights happening because these are superhuman people that can't really be killed in the ring. So this isn't scripted wrestling. And you have to keep that in mind on this first story because the promoter wants Thing to be the champion so bad because he feels it's best for his promotion that he's, he bribes the, um, Thing's first opponent demolition derby and thing gets wind or ben gets wind of it he's not happy he gets very upset that's okay because dumpy doesn't want to throw the fight either so they have a real scrap which is pretty cool and they have their real wrestling match and you know ben wins and he becomes the first champion of ucwf so let's fast forward to the next one, number 28. Uh, lots of ring action. I think the one thing that's kind of cool is it introduces a studio host because Ben goes on this talk show, kind of like Spider-Man did. And the name of the studio host is Vince McKay. Um, can't get any closer, can you? So on this one, it's called um, The Gator. And it, there's, a, there's a former wrestling champion named Gator Grant who was a champion for many, many years. And now he's very angry and disillusioned. And he sits at home and he can't wrestle anymore because he's had too many hits to the head. And he calls into the wrestling show and challenges Thing. And he really makes a big deal that he has to fight the Thing. They don't want him to. But it's going to happen. And so the guy knows he can't beat him without some help. He goes down to Louisiana, gets some kind of voodoo on him, and gets superpowers, and he fights the thing. But what's crazy is it turns him into an alligator in the end. So after all this, he like kind of sells his soul, and he gets these powers, and he looks kind of like an alligator, but he can't stop it, and it ends with him turning into an alligator, and they put him in an alligator farm. Real silly, old-style comics, but yeah, it was kind of cool. It was interesting. Number 30, we go to The Beyonder. Um, the Beyonder is interesting because he's an alien character and the only thing I would say about it is the Beyonder um, represents Thing's anger about his whole life and he goes kind of shoot on everything and he really tries to hurt the Beyonder and it takes um, the return of Sharon Ventura who's going to play a major part in this um, run to kind of calm him down and make him realize that he, he's, he's lost his way and yeah so 
that's that one. 31, nothing happens. Basically, the National Safety Commission comes in. They close down the Federation for a, a month because they have to make improvements. They have to put a shield over it. They have to make um, titanium ropes, all these things so that the fans and the audience don't get hurt. So this is a, we just move on from that one. 32, when he comes back, um, Vance Astro is um, pretending to be a wrestler named Mangling Mahoney. And he's using his powers of telekinesis to kind of win matches. And Ben figures it out. He's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And the thing is, the kid's trying to hide from a private investigator because his parents are looking for him. It turns out he's a runaway. And this one gets a little dark because the kid's father, I guess, has been beating him. And that's why he ran away. In the end, there's a happy ending. The mom shows up. I guess the father's getting counseling and therapy now, and he chooses to go home with his parents. But, you know, everyone who says that <laughs> Marvel Comics didn't have politics and, and, and social issues in their comics back then, here's an example of you being kind of full of shit because that's a pretty deep topic for them to explore in a comic book. Um, it is. It, it, it's, it's kind of dark. You know, this isn't one I would read for, for your kids, you know. But, yeah. So, the next comic is going to involve the grapplers. So, I'm going to pause here and I'm going to go into the grapplers before we continue down the line. So, let's get into the grapplers. The grapplers, excuse me, the grapplers were introduced in Marvel 2 and 1, number 53, and they hang around to about number 56. Um, they were a group of female wrestlers who were not having a successful wrestling career and they turn to a life of crime there are four of them we have letha titania uh, pound cakes and screaming mimi they have costumes that are enhanced and thus improve their powers or they don't really have powers i guess at this point so they improve their abilities so they can you know get into scraps with superhumans and so these two in ones all involve ben grimm again the thing um, it's written by Mark Grunwald, Ralph Macchio, penciled by um, John Bryan, inker is John Sinnott, and the colorist is Bob Sharon. Okay, some things to think about is you have um, Dundara is a character who has shown up in many Fantastic Four comics before this, and she's a romantic interest of Ben Grimm, and she has a side story going on at the same time where she's in New York City. She's an alien, by the way, and so she's in New York City, and she's going to somehow get involved with wrestling. She gets in a fight with some people that are trying to mug her, I believe, and then um, we're introduced to this new promoter named Hurricum J. Oglethorpe, and Oglethorpe's like, I got a job for you. He takes her to a gym, and um, they try to um, turn her into a wrestler, and that's where she meets, and we're introduced to the grapplers for the first time. She beats him up pretty good. It leads to them having a match. Uh, during the match, um, Titana cheats and drugs Thundra and beats her. So I guess basically on being beat, she feels the need to join their group and help them steal something for their, um, from the Pegasus Project, the same story that's going on with Ben. And so she crosses paths with Ben. They get in a fight. He's like, what are you doing with these people? She's like, oh, I liked you. It's just, it's real silly. But it, it is their origin. And I guess the only thing I took out of that, that entire run that was interesting was there's a funny moment where Titiana is um, fighting Bill Foster, giant man, and she calls him Boba Brazil's big brother. 
So I just, I got a chuckle out of that, knowing who Bobo Brazil, a real-life wrestler, is. And another little quick side note, I just remember this, is George Perez actually penciled the last comic that they were involved in, and then he took over after that. So just something to throw out there. One other thing um, for the grapplers that's pre that predates um, this Bang the Thing run is they did show up in a Dazzler comic, Dazzler number 13 19, in 1981. Um, the writers are Danny Finkel. Fingeroth, penciled by Frank Springer, inked by Vince Coletta, colorist Don Warfield, uh, letters by Janice Chang. Basically, Allison Blair gets sent to Riker Island because she uses her powers and she gets arrested. She gets into prison. There's a prison gang that's led by the grapplers. Tatiana is the boss. They get in a scrap, like you would expect, you know, a trip, typical prison storyline. She eventually beats them with powers and gets out. Um, yeah. Not much there, but I just wanted to mention it because this all happens. It kind of, it kind of comes into play in this next issue because when we see them again in the Thing comic, they're out of prison and they're trying to reform their life and becoming real life wrestlers. And supposedly they've given the life of crime up. So here we are on Thing number thirty-three. So. UCWF has added a women's division at this point, and that's what it opens with. You have two women in the ring fighting. You have Battle Axe, which is a new character, fighting Tatiana. They have a good scrap, a good match. She beats her. Uh, Tatiana doesn't like it. They have an aftermatch scrum. Uh, ben gets involved, breaks them up. Um, he's not really a big fan of women's wrestling, to be honest. You can tell. He's doing a little bit of Disco Inferno attitude about this whole thing but he's not big on the women's wrestling so we flash forward to a little bit more tatiana goes to take a shower after the match and she's murdered by another um woman assassin i guess and ben gets blamed for it and if he wasn't with um battle axe at the time he probably wouldn't have got out of it all the women attack him they try to beat him it's on the cover pretty much of this comic you see all the women like dogpiling him and I don't know why Battle Axe gets upset. She wants to fight him. She demands that she, she gets a title shot at him because of this. He refuses. He does not want to fight her. He's being very sexist. This is again some of that sexist stuff I was talking about. Like he's not, women don't belong in the ring like that. He's not fighting a woman, blah, blah, blah. He uses some language that would probably upset if this was a modern day comic. And, but eventually he relents. He has to fight her. They fight, but he refuses to fight. He lets her kind of beat him up, and he like gives up and loses. And of course, that really upsets her. So she refuses the belt as well, and so the title becomes vacant. So there is no champion right now. So you know, I, I get where she's coming from. Like you just let me win, and she didn't like it because these are not scripted matches. As I said, these are real fights at this point. So let's move on to, let's see, number 34. This is the first time we hear about the Power Broker. Um, the Power Broker is where these wrestlers are probably getting their powers. Because Ben's starting to wonder, like, how are you guys getting these powers? He talks to his friends, other fellow wrestlers, and they're going to the Power Broker, and they're taking, basically, it turns out they're taking the serum. And if the most famous person that the Power Broker gives a serum to in Marvel Comics is um, U.S. Agent. So the serum is a bit more volatile, and all these wrestlers are taking it so they can be part of this federation because you have to be superhuman to be federation. Fast forward to 35. Shannon, at this point, has been really wanting to become a wrestler. They've been recruiting her. Shannon Ventura, as I mentioned earlier, is gone. And she gets powers. And in the, getting the powers, she goes to um, the, the woman that runs the um, whole wrestling thing, and she's the one that gives him 
gives her her costume and then dubs her Miss Marvel. So Shannon Venturek becomes the third Miss Marvel. So for a time being, she will actually fight under that moniker uh, with the Fantastic Four in the future. So if that's just a little tidbit that Shannon Ventura is. Uh, then it started as it was her wrestling persona. And finally, 36 is the end of the series. Um, all hell breaks loose. We find out that the power broker given powers. All the wrestlers are losing their mind. They're after Ben because they don't want him to let it out. That that's how they got their powers. They're trying to protect their careers. He's had it. He gets out of there. He leaves. Um, you have an appearance from the She-Hulk, which is kind of cool. So She-Hulk gets into it with um, the new Miss Marvel. They have a scrap. And that's it. You know, It's nine issues long. There's a lot of wrestling. There's a lot of wrestling fighting. A lot of the art depicts in-ring work. Um, there's, like I said, tryouts where they're lifting weights. There's you know just a lot of cool things. It is one of the few wrestling comics in mainstream. Um, there are other times, like I said, we visit it for a comic. We visit it for an arc. It's a storyline. But nothing like this. This is like he really is a wrestler, and it comes into play for his entire run right here. Um, with the, the villain behind the scenes being um, the power broker. So I think it's kind of cool. I really like the thing. And, you know just showcases wrestling so i'm going to hit two more comics where wrestling and ben Grimm hit that are much more in the future so in 2010 he does a team up it's deadpool team up 888 um this one's written by colin bunn penciled by tom fowler colorist um nathan fairbanks and letters john Eckleberry. The cover is Huberto Ramos and Edgar Delgado. And this was the cover I got the image for my promotion art for this episode. So that's a really cool cover. The, basically, the UCF is back. Uh, they have a new... The original promoter's involved at Garner, but they have a new promoter who's joined in. Jim J. McMahew. Another play on Jim, Vince McMahon, I'm sure. So... Deadpool comes storming into this boardroom and he picks a fight with Ben Grimm. He wants to fight Ben Grimm in a match. Basically, Ben Grimm is a like celebrity announcer now. He's retired from wrestling, but you know they, they want to start a whole gimmick. And Ben won't fight him, so you know they make him a valet. He's a valet of a team that is kind of a play on the Road Warriors. And he comes out to the match. Ben's um, announcing it and talking about it. And just talking about how he's not happy the way things are going and the cheating. And they almost get in a scrap. And the um, the guy, the McMahon-type guy, talks about He goes, well, don't worry about it. That's what the script calls for. And both Deadpool and Thing turn around scripted. So they're extremely upset that now wrestling is scripted. So, quote, now it's scripted. The old stuff was real, but this is scripted. And that's kind of the storyline through this is that it's scripted. Uh like a lot of these things, you have an alien come from space, challenge everybody. Ben's beating him up pretty badly. Uh, Deadpool ends up having to team up with him. And, yeah, they beat him in the end. But what's fun about this one is there's a lot of wrestling action. There's a lot of inside wrestling jokes. Cullen Bunn really gets the wrestling lingo down. Like, Deadpool's doing all kinds of promos. He's talking like Flair. He's talking like The Rock. And they make fun of a lot of, like, wrestling cliches. There's also some great signs in the audience, which are a lot of fun. Uh, I really would say, of all the ones to read, this might be the one I would look out for. 
as a wrestler. Like I said, it's Deadpool. And this one you can find on Marvel Unlimited for sure. And it's pretty cool. And the art's great, you know. Um, definitely, it's Marvel Team-Up 888. And it's 2010. Look for it. Check it out. I think you'll like it. Now we're going to go to Guardians of Infinity number one, To Be the Man is the name of this one. There's two stories in this one. So it's the secondary story. And the secondary story is written by Jason Latour, pencils by um, Jim Chung, inked by John Dell. It's colored by Lauren Martin and lettered by Corey Petit. Like I said, it's the second story. It's him and Rocket. Uh, he's on this planet that they're, they're, they're kind of a backwards planet intelligence-wise, and basically a ship had crash-landed there many years ago, and it was full of old videotapes of UCF. So they've watched these videotapes of UCF all these years, and, and so they know who Ben Grimm is, and then later him and Rocket get stranded on this planet. So they treat Ben like a monster because he does some really cool... The best part about it is there's a whole page of him doing panels where he looks like Dusty Rhodes, and he's doing flare-type panels, but he looks like Dusty Rhodes or panels. He's doing flare-type promos, but he looks a lot like Dusty Rhodes, and so he's the monster. They cheer against him. No matter what he does, no matter how much he wins, he can't get over with the fans. Feeling like a Roman Reigns, he's all disappointed. No matter how hard he works, the fans will never cheer him. It's a very silly comic. Rocket, of course, gets involved at some point, um, uses guns to blow people away and blow people up. They beat everybody, and they get what they need, and they kind of get off the planet. Just a fun comic and the dusty road stuff is pretty awesome now i'm going to go with that last one that i mentioned this is the boxing comic marvel two and one annual volume one number seven 1982 it's called the champion um, it's written by tom defalco penciled by ron wilson inked by bob camp mike esposito frank giacola dan green armando gill chick stone those are all the anchors um Colorist uh, George Russo and lettered by Jim Novak. Whew, that's a big creative team. It was very different back then. Uh, like I said, this is one of my favorite childhood comics. I would take it everywhere. This is the kind of thing that ended up in my backpack. This is the kind of thing that it got left in the car, took it to school, you know, the whole works. I destroyed this poor comic. Uh, I'm in the process of trying to get an original in mint shape right now, but. It, it just loved it. I love the whole thought process of a big tournament, and that's what this is. So Ben gets approached by Proja, who's a, a promoter extreme, an alien again. We're going this an alien. So when he's putting together a tournament, he's he represents someone called the champion, and they want he wants the best fighters from this planet, and and the fight will determine whether the planet gets to be destroyed or live on. So the promoter collects, you know, Ben. He collects Thor, Doc Samson, Hulk, Colossus, Namor, Sasquatch, Wonder Man, and he tries to get the Vision. But as he's he's talking to the Vision and runs a scan on the Vision, he realizes that the Vision's not human and that disqualifies the Vision. So the Vision doesn't get to fight in this. He's one of the first disqualifications. There's a few disqualifications as we go along. So we meet the champion. He talks about these are fights of honor, and he wants to see who's loves the competition of a fight and that's what this is all about so he's looking for other champions that are like him that just love the honor of being in a great fight uh so they start training all these guys against their will because they're, they're taken to another dimension to do this like back on earth fantastic four is trying to you know figure out how to save them avengers x-men they're all trying to figure out a way to save these guys but they can't get to them so they're in this um other dimension 
they're training. Well, at the same time, the promoter goes back to the U.S. and and talks to the Bugle and talks about this big fight's coming. They rent out uh, Madison Square Garden. It's going to be a pay-per-view. Actually, closed circuit for us old people who remember that. And then the tickets sell like hotcakes. There's betting on it and everything. So during the training, we already lose two people. Doc Samson proves just in his training that he's not a good fighter. And they look at him and say, nah, they give him the boot. (laughs) Pretty embarrassing. He can't even really hang, so they give him the boot. Then Namer just refuses to fight. He just stands there. And he's just like, I'm not lowering myself to this level. It's beneath me. And so they give him the boot. So he gets it back. Now we're finally into the matches. Oh, before we're into the matches, there's this moment where the Avengers are sitting around talking. And She-Hulk is very upset that she wasn't invited to this. And Tony Stark gives, you know, your typical... Tony Stark type answer, which is, again, sexist, <laughs> about why she wasn't invited to this thing. So I just thought it was an interesting um, tidbit that even, you know, back then, they're pointing out the women weren't invited, and then they're using Stark to be like the voice of um, sexism, typical Stark. So we move on to the first match. Okay, so we got the first match. The first match is Thor. Thor gets disqualified pretty early on because he's using his hammer. And the champion is able to look at Thor, I guess, with his powers and see, okay, I see that you cannot be without the hammer to beat Thor. Because this is back when Thor would turn into Donald Blake when he didn't have the hammer in his hand. So understanding that it's part of who he is, he gets disqualified because you can't have a weapon in this fight. But at the same time, it's not his fault that he has to have a weapon. So he's disqualified We never know if Thor would have beat him. Next, we move on to the Hulk. And this one kind of annoyed me as a kid a lot because Hulk gets disqualified early on because he's considered a mindless brute. Like he rips his his boxing gloves to shred and he's about to go, you know, Hulk on this guy. And the champion says, nope, I refuse to lower myself to fight a, a mindless brute. This is a sport of champions kind of thing. You know, whatever boxing is, is not, you know, mindless fighting. I call bullshit. Because Hulk would have probably kicked his ass. But, you know, that's what it is. He gets disqualified. We move on to Sasquatch. Sasquatch is the first actual match that happens. And poor Sasquatch. (laughs) Poor Sasquatch gets his ass kicked in this. He gets beaten pretty severely. Um, He ends up getting knocked out. (laughs) So, not so good for Sasquatch. Then we move on to Colossus. Colossus is having these inner monologues. Like, he's very young at this point and he he wants to prove himself with these other heroes that he belongs with them and his whole match is about him proving that he belongs so he refuses to give up i mean the the ref finally has to call the match now he only makes it he makes it less than a round but he doesn't want to quit and and he's so badly injured that they call the match and they take him off um so good showing from colossus next comes wonder man who's the loses his cool Rips up the ring, gets the qualif- disqualified instantly. Kind of a cop-out. Um, Mr. Hollywood doesn't do the job. Finally, it's time for the blue-eyed, ever-loving thing to hit the ring. He just looks the part. He's got the boxing gloves on. He's got the, the boxing shorts. He looks like uh, young George Foreman. He's ready to go. And they go for it. They fight, you know, and pretty much thing is getting owned. By this guy he's getting beat really bad but thing keeps getting up thing keeps getting up um and then he finally mounts a a bit of a comeback and he starts getting some shots in and he he cheats a little he's doing some grabbing and a little bit of other things but 
the champion's willing to let it go because he really likes things. Um, he really likes that thing is engaged in this fight that he he wants to win. The, the the sense of competition that the champion's been looking for is finally being displayed by somebody. So they go at it. They go at it, and and Ben passes the mark. He passes the two round mark that nobody has ever lasted with him, and he keeps going. He keeps going. But finally, the ref they have to call the match. You know, he's 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 down for the count. He they've he he's been counted down. But you know, as as the champion is celebrating and making his choice whether he's gonna um, let this world live or not, Ben you know drags himself up again and says, "I'm not done. I'm not done. You haven't beaten me." And the champion does his whole, "Well, yes, you're right. I haven't, and I don't think I ever could because you have a heart of a champion kind of thing, and and you're what I was looking for. And this uh, any world that has someone like you is worthy of continuing on. So he spares the world. He like takes the shield down and frees everybody and leaves. And then so all the Avengers and the you know X Men and the Fantastic Four storm the ring and they're they're picking thing up. It's like a really great Ben Grimm moment." Because he kind of saved the world. The fans are going nuts. It was like the awesome comic for me growing up. It was the comic that he was the hero. He saved the world. He never gave up. Um, also at the time I was growing up. Boxing was king. So just everything about it. Hit all those marks for me. So easily one of my favorite comics ever. And I'm glad I was able to mix it in here for the thing. Yeah so in the end. That's what I would say. That Ben Grimm is is tailor-made for these types of comics that's why i'm surprised there hasn't been more lately with the resurgence of wrestling he's the guy you know he looks like a wrestler he looks like a boxer he loves to fight <laughs> i've been using the word scrap a lot because of him because he uses that they they talk about scraps a lot in his comic books and even in his fantastic four stuff so yeah well that's what i got this week for that um that's the end of my thing podcast for the week uh once again sorry it took so long to get through this uh, there's a lot of research that gets involved with some of these old ones. So I think next week, because I'm going to be dropping um, podcasts weekly to cover for the Indie Alley show being on vacation, I'm going to do something a little more modern where I'm going to read one of the co- modern new wrestling comics and do a, a review on it. So I don't know if I'm going to do more than one. I don't know if I'm going to do a trade. I haven't quite decided, but I'm going to do that. And then I'm going to maybe only do one later next month that's like this, one of these real look backs at some traditional um marvel or dc stuff it's probably going to be dc because i've been collected to see but you know there's a lot of books i have to read i have to take some some notes and you know get all the creators down and everything so those take a little more time to put together than just a straight review but anyway guys thanks a lot you can follow me at the marking out show on twitter you can find this podcast at nerdylegion.com you can also follow the Indie Alley podcast, which is my other podcast that the spin off from. Um, it's on break, but you can go back and listen to some of the older episodes uh, where we talk about comics and wrestling. And yeah, everybody have a good night and take care. Peace. I. <laughs> and good night, Bang! <laughs>